1: We now rejoin today's message already in progress. The third kind of wrath is what we can call calamitous wrath or calamities that come upon the earth. Amen. Uh, The most notable one of that in the Bible is the great flood. Only eight people were saved out of the entire world. Noah and his family. Massive wrath on the part of God against sinful man. Then there's consequential wrath. That's what we call sowing and reaping. That's the natural end of patterns and choices of sin. Whatever a man sows, what? He reaps. That's consequential wrath. But then, there is this one category of wrath called the wrath of abandonment. And it's a form of God's wrath in which he just lets go of a society. And he just lets it catapult full speed to its full conclusion without restraint. In the direction of their own sinful desires, devices, and choices. That's the wrath being described here in Romans chapter 1. This is the cyclical reality of this wrath that has defined human history. And you can go as far back as you want to go and it's always the same process. It's always the same things that happen. And it will always define it until Jesus comes. As Paul said, in all the generations gone by, God permitted the nations to go their own way. Now, I don't believe we're waiting for God's wrath in this nation today. We haven't had a massive calamity as the destruction of an entire city. Hurricane Katrina is about the closest we've come. But it didn't destroy a whole city. It was just a section of town. It was a warning. A warning for this nation of what could happen. God once again has given us plenty of warnings. 9-11 was a warning. Katrina the, I forgot the name of the hurricane that smashed into New Jersey in 2012. Hurricane Matthew going up the, the southeast coast and now it's turning back into the ocean. They're saying there for a time it was going to circle back and nail us again. Meteorologists on TV said they had no record of a hurricane ever doing that. Hm. Sounds like another warning, another harbinger to me. Amen? Amen. But this massive concept of the wrath of abandonment, I am convinced, is now at work in our society. We'll talk about the fact that America was founded on Christian principles, and God was at the center of everything we thought and did. And all of that, whatever might have been in our founding, is no longer the way it is today. And I want to show you how you can know that it has happened. And we're going to look at the cyclical destruction of a nation, especially here in the United States. Go down to verse 24. In verse 24, you see the word, therefore. If you are reading, in your Bible reading, you come across the word, therefore, back up a few verses and see what it's there for. Amen? If you go back to verse 18, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Now we could stop right there. The wrath of God is revealed. Then it goes on to talk about the wrath of God and the reasons for the wrath of God. And in verse 24, it describes the wrath of God and here's the description. Now we're going to read down to verse 28. Verse 24 to 28. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature, the creature more than the creator, who's blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections, even their women changing the natural use into that which is against nature, and likewise also the men. Leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one towards another, men with men, doing that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves the repayment or recompense of their error, which was meet or worthy or right. Even as God did not like to, re, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And then it goes on. Let me break it down for you a little bit. Three times the verb gave them over is used. Three times. The wrath of abandonment is when God gives a nation over or allows them to go their own way without restraint. Now the verb is paradidami. Paradidami. And it can have a judicial sense. It's often used in Greek literature in terms of The laws and courts and criminal courts. And it comes down to handing a prisoner over for punishment. It is the exact term used in the case of Jesus being handed over for crucifixion. Each of these uses of the verb in this text expresses the fact that the wrath of God has acted to hand over a society to sentence. To hand them over. As someone once said... I can't remember where I heard it. But the history of the world is the judgment of the world. Amen. There comes a time in a nation's history when God has just had enough. And he literally lets them go. And turns them over to a sentence that they have passed upon themselves. By their insistent sinful choices. To see it another way, they're deprived of any restraining grace now how do we know when this has happened note the progression verse 24 God gave them over to the sinful lusts of their hearts to impurity that their bodies might be dishonored one with another impurity speaks of sexual sin the first thing that happens in a nation when it's abandoned by God is what is called a sexual revolution Moral, sexual perversion, pornographic desires, this all describes the general character of the culture. You can't even count how many million pornographic sites on the website there is. When a society is abandoned by God, it operates out of its own perverse sexual passion without restraint. Look at the advertisements on TV. The advertisements. I mean, this wouldn't even be included in movies. 50 years ago, but these are the advertisements today. You can go back to the 1960s and the sexual revolution of the flower children, or Hugh Hefner and Playboy, or whatever, and it's gone like a flood since then. It's characterized, as you look at verse 24, as lust coming from the inside. Just as Jesus said, whatever comes out of the heart of a man is what defiles him. This leads to impurity, and it means sexual impurity. The dishonoring of the bodies. The heart is wicked, the bodies follow suit. The body always follows the heart. Lust conceives in the heart, James says, and brings forth sin. And sin brings forth death. The first thing you look at in a society when you're trying to discern whether or not God has abandoned that society is whether or not that society has gone through a sexual revolution so that illicit sex, adultery, every form of immorality is accepted as normal. And folks, you have to admit, we as a nation have been there and done that. So let's look at the second step in verse 26. God gave them over. Not just the passions that are explicable because they're men and women, but to inexplicable, degrading passions. For their women exchange the natural function for that which is unnatural. You know that a society has been abandoned by God when it celebrates lesbian sex. God has given them over. Gross affections, unnatural and unthinkable. So you follow a sexual revolution with a homosexual revolution. And homosexuality becomes normalized. Folks, we're there. We are there as a nation. Verse 27 adds the male part. In the same way, the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire one towards another. By the way, it's a burning It's just hard to understand and comprehend. But interestingly enough, the Holy Spirit puts the women first. The men second. Why? Well, the Holy Spirit refers first to the degradation of women because women usually are the last to be affected in the decay of morals. Because their hearts are so naturally inclined towards a husband and toward the responsibility of nurturing a family. But when the women lead the parade, it's an indication that God has removed his restraint. And the amazing thing in verse 27, the men ab- abandoning the natural function of the women, burned in their heart des- for desire one for another, men with men, committing indecent acts and receiving their own persons the due penalty of their error. Right into this wrath of abandonment comes the wrath, the consequential wrath. And even though it generates VD and AIDS, they just keep doing it. That's what step two looks like. And we know this has come. Into this land like a flood. But it's not the final step. Look in verse 26. God gave them over to a depraved mind. Now depending on the version of the Bible, you might have a different translation for depraved. So I'm just going to give it to you. Non-functional. It doesn't work. The mind no longer works. It's useless. It can't think, can't reason, can't comprehend. And when you look at this world today and you say rampant sexual immorality, out of control, destroying people and families willy-nilly, even in the church, even in the leadership of the church. How many times have we seen news stories where pastors of both small and even megachurches have fallen into sexual sins? Some even into homosexual sins homosexuality as well as adultery evokes the same thing. Rampant, out of control, demanding to be accepted as normal, and the society rushing in to affirm that it's okay. Is there anybody in the system who will stand up and call this for what it is? A massive moral disaster. Can't they see it? Can't they figure it out? No, they can't. First Corinthians says man by wisdom, or by their own wisdom, knew not God. Human wisdom, just on its own, doesn't get us there. Then you add in, the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that do not believe, and you've got a compounding blindness. Then, you add the fact that they are blinded by the virtue of the sweeping, dominating elements of their culture, and they're just not going to get anybody to rise up and take that position and have people rally around it. You're going to have more people in leadership in a country that will themselves come out as homosexuals. And if you think you've seen a lot of that lately, you ain't seen nothing yet. As it becomes more and more acceptable. So you have a depraved mind in the original language. That's one of the tested minds that have been found useless. Therefore, disqualified for its intended use. The reasoning faculty has been... Corrupted by the influences that surround it. You know, back about, oh gosh, I, I want to say six, seven years ago, MTV, MTV did a survey on morality. And that's a switch, amen. But they took the Middle Ages, the idea of the seven deadly sins, you know, lust, greed, all those things, and they surveyed their audience, basically the millennials, about what they thought about them. And... MTV and their audience believed from the survey all these things that were called seven deadly sins in the Middle Ages are now called virtues. They didn't consider them the seven deadly sins. They called them the seven major virtues. Acceptance is the all-encompassing word. The predominant thing in our society today is these things... Are what we should aspire to. And no, I'm not kidding. When that happens, and your entire sense of morality as a nation is that warped, then your conscience as a nation is ill-informed and no longer functions. So you have unconscionable behavior. And then you laugh at things like the Jerry Springer show. Instead of falling on your face and weeping before God that the lost souls in that program would be saved. A depraved mind, reasoning so corrupt that it must be rejected as non-functioning. And as a result of that, what happens? God gave them over, in verse 28, to a depraved mind. So as a result, they do the things that are not, what? Proper, fitting, sensible, reasonable. What do they do? they are filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, envy, murder, deceit, malice. What's that? Folks, that's the nightly news in this day and time. It's the local newspaper. Slanderers, haters of God, on and on and on it goes. Conscience can only function. Conscience is kind of kind of like a a skylight, okay? Conscience is a device that shines on your moral code. It's a mechanism like pain. Pain is a mechanism God gave the body that helps you to respond to a physical st- stimulant. You want to call it. It says to you something's wrong with your body. Pain is simply the device that tells you that stepping on a nail, the pain is not what's wrong. The nail is what's wrong. Pain is telling you something's wrong. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing because it tells you you got a problem that you need to deal with. That's what conscience is it's a mechanism God gives that accuses you or excuses you. Romans 2 says that. But it only functions if it's morally informed accurately. If you have a culture that has developed a twisted, Morality, then you have a conscience that functions off of the twisted morality. And then you get all the stuff, all of the inexplicable behaviors. That's why in verse 32 it says, Although they know the ordinance of God, all they know, all they know, inherently in them, Romans 2 says, What is right and what is wrong? They who practice such things are what? Worthy of death. They know that. But they do them anyway. And then, not only that, they give hearty approval to those that practice them. The government, our leaders, are saying it's okay if you're homosexual. It's okay if you're depraved. It's okay if you go against societal norms that have been established for thousands of years. It's okay. we're gonna re we requalify and rename and, and redefine what marriage really is. It's okay. Folks, God says no it's not. This country is so far gone. And if you're honest with don't stand up and say, we're the United States, we're a Christian nation. The President of the United States has said we are not a Christian nation anymore. And he is 100% right. We have Christian majority in this nation that refuses to take their authority. And as long as we turn the authority of this nation over to immoral people, We stand under judgment. This country is so far gone, it not only tolerates homosexuality, it encourages it. And now, in our public school systems, it is teaching young children it's normal. And if you stand against it, you are an intolerant bigot small minded and you need to be prosecuted because you don't accept it there was a mayor in Houston a few years ago sent out an order to all of the churches within the city limits that she demanded they send to her office transcripts of their sermons because she wanted to see if they were preaching against homosexuality and she was going to take action against them. Well, that didn't work out too well for her because in a matter of a few days, she received literally millions, well, I won't say millions, hundreds of thousands of transcripts and CDs and tapes from all over America, not just Houston. Where pastors were preaching what I'm saying today. Glory to God. And she had to backtrack. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Never mind, never mind. I withdraw that demand. But the thing is, society as a normal right now is approving of this type of action. Or she wouldn't have done it. She was setting up a trial balloon. Because if it would have worked in Houston, you can bet other cities would have taken notice and started doing the same thing. And it's only a matter of time. It is I mean, you see already, we're not going to perform gay marriages. Well, now they're being prosecuted. We're not going to make cakes that go against our beliefs. Now they're being prosecuted. We are coming to that day and time when Christians will be prosecuted for the name of Jesus and their belief in that name. When a culture like this approves of that kind of sin, when sin is promoted and given cultural rights to exist, when Christian values and morals are ridiculed and prosecuted, that is a perfect description of the society we are in today. When Bill Clinton was about to be impeached because of Monica Lewinsky's affair, his ratings went up. Not down. Because this society is basically saying, hey, he's our kind of guy. He's just like us. There are some who claim Barack Obama is a bisexual. And some of his supposed homosexual partners from the past have actually passed polygraph exams to back up their claims. But you never hear about it in the liberal press. Nope. They refuse to cover it. Because Obama's their guy. And they will lie, they'll twist the news, they'll cover up facts, anything to make sure their guy remains in power. All the things Hillary Clinton has done, or should I say failed at, in her 30 years of public service, the media portrays her as their kind of guy. We need this type of leadership in the country. And they refuse to talk about anything negative about her, of which there is plenty to talk about. The media will lie, they'll twist the news, they'll ignore facts, they'll cover up facts, anything to make sure their guy gets into power. In the late 60s and early 70s, it was journalists who refused to back down when they heard rumors about Watergate was being orchestrated at the highest levels of government. And the journalists ended up bringing down President Nixon, the most powerful man in America and probably the world at the time. Today, journalists just toe the line and go along with the plan. They never contest it. They never investigate anything that could upset their guy. That's another sign that God is righteous and just to abandon this country. So the scripture tells us this type of society, they are without reason, without conscience. This is what it means when God abandons a society. Sexual revolution, down one more step. Homosexual revolution, down one more step. You can never get your way out of it because the mind, the cultural mind is gone. It is gone. I could put it this way, maybe more simply. There is no sure indicator of a corrupt, wicked, and abandoned society under God's wrath than when that society does not tolerate any type of speaking out against sin ...or sinful lifestyles... ...and we are there... ...this society... ...the one we live in today... ...will not tolerate you standing up... ...and displaying righteous indignation... ...against sin publicly... ...how long is it going to be... ...before preaching against it... ...from inside the church... ...from the pulpit... ...that the government's going to come in and say... ...you can't say that... ...they're doing it right now in Canada... When I was in Canada preaching a couple years ago, they told me, don't say anything against homosexuality. One of our partner ministries down the road here just a few weeks ago got hauled into court because of it. It is against the law in Canada and many nations in the, in the European Union to preach against homosexuality. You can't say anything about it. You can't read the verses we just did in Romans chapter 1. You can't read it. It's in the Bible, but you can't read it. And we're getting there. By the way, the liberal left says their goal is to make the United States more inclusive and more like Europe. That is their stated goal for the United States. Which means being a Christian and speaking out against sin will become a crime. Oh, don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. Glory to God. Remember I just talked about the mayor of Houston. And how her office got so flooded with thousands upon thousands of sermon outlines and all that. That she had to back down. Folks, that's what happens when Christians attack sin. The devil backs down. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Paul is unfolding for us this picture of what a society looks like when it's abandoned. It's not my description. Now you see why I said I think America's here. It's Paul's description written in the Bible. We are going through the cycle in Romans 1. Amen. Why does it happen? Well, go back to verse 18 and find out. Why does it happen? I'm going to give you the short version. Here it is. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven in this form of abandonment against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men that makes up this society. Who suppress what? The truth. They suppress the truth.
0: Until next time, when we gather together around the word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.